I know this is going to be really controversial to say and really offensive to some people. But in that moment, I just had this flash in my head of all of these gods, like the Egyptian gods, the Hindu gods, um, they were demons. How was that for a cold open? (laughs) Welcome to another triggering podcast episode. I am your host, Caroline Duner, and you're listening to Problematic, so what do you expect? Um, Today will be an episode that not everybody likes, not everybody agrees with, that makes people feel uncomfortable, um, that you may struggle um, listening to. However, I hope that even if you don't agree or even if, um, you know, it's it bothers you in some way. It's a very polarizing topic. Um, I hope that you might find it interesting because I find it absolutely fascinating. I am sharing my conversation with Misty Mazurka, who's an ex-energy worker turned Christian. And that is why it's going to be polarizing for a lot of people. I totally understand why Christianity is a very polarizing subject um, on both sides. Um, I know people have had bad experiences with churches, with Christians who are not Christ-like. And, um, you know, I say this because just six months ago, I'd be like, I don't want to listen to this. So I totally get it. Um, If you do listen, I hope you listen with an open mind because it's really fascinating. Her particular experience um, is really just, I think it's worth a listen and, and a consideration. Now, a disclaimer beyond just the polarizing nature of Christianity in this world is that we are launching right in, (laughs) right into talking about things that may sound really out there. We are talking about entities. We're talking about the other side. If you do not believe in the supernatural, you will struggle with this episode. Um, I've also been writing about this on my Substack, two long posts. Both of them are free. And if you're a paid subscriber, you can listen to them like a podcast episode. But um, you can go to, uh, well, I will link them in the show notes, actually. And I do recommend, if you haven't read them or listened to them, to read or listen to them first. If you have no context on why I am kind of exploring this and why I'm talking about this and why I'm talking to Misty today, um, it will give more of a primer because we. when I listen back to our conversation, we just jump right in in a way that is a, potentially a little bit jarring. Um, over the course of the conversation, we, we kind of go back and explain her journey a little bit more. But I just want to put that out there. If you have not read my post on this on Substack called New Age Demons, I do recommend that you do that first. You don't have to. You can jump right into this. Um, But I just want you to know that I know that this may be a little bit jarring and a little bit out there for uh, some or many people. Um, What else do I want to say before I start playing this conversation for you? Hmm. Well, one thing I will say is that, um, you know, Misty and I are two different people who 
have two different outlooks. We're in two different places in our journey. I would say she is a lot more solid in her um, belief system right now. Um, So I just want to say, and this is like across the board, you can assume this, just because I talk to someone and respect them and I'm fascinated by their story and their outlook doesn't mean I believe exactly the same things as them. And I say that because I want to share this conversation with you. I love this conversation. I think Misty's experience is fascinating. And as I said, I respect her so much and I respect her beliefs and her views. Um, But I don't want to rush my own journey. And I don't feel comfortable having to declare exactly what I believe because I don't know. I have a ton of questions Um, still. And, uh, so, you know, what I could do is I could wait and I could release this in a year when I hope that I have more, you know, more of a solid footing, more of a, um, confidence in my beliefs and my faith and I'm more comfortable talking about it or, whatever, whatever, whatever. But I don't want to do that. I want to be able to share this conversation with the caveat that I am still in process. Um, I, yeah, I think like, I don't know, maybe this is an unnecessary disclaimer, but it just, it makes me feel more comfortable because I don't want to feel rushed. I don't want to feel rushed. And my, I feel like my process is really, really slow. Here's an example. Misty, you know, super solid in her faith very, very solid in her faith in the Bible. I am not. I am reading the Bible and it's bringing up more questions for me than it's answering, the Old Testament specifically. Um, anyway, I just wanted to say that. Um, I love this conversation. I love Misty's perspective. That's why I want to share it, but I don't want to feel rushed. Okay, that is my whole point. Lastly, um, At the end of the episode, I will tell you how to get the bonus audio. There was a ton that I had to cut from this conversation because it was a two and a half hour conversation. Put some of the more, one could say, controversial subjects behind the paywall. Um, So after you listen to this conversation, I will tell you how to listen to more if you are interested in that. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Misty. Let's go back to the beginning of your kind of journey in the quote unquote new age and, and maybe even more specifically the energy work space, because that is another big place where you kind of had these experiences, right? Yeah. That's where I really opened myself up and started trusting these, these entities. So um, it was kind of a tiptoe for me for about the first seven years, um, you know, starting to get into the kind of woo woo stuff. And it, it really started out innocuously, um, like practicing yoga and mindfulness. Um, there, there are benefits of meditation if you're doing it right. And there, there's a whole argument behind, you know, what's the right way and what's the wrong way to do it. Um, the way I was doing it was really emptying my vessel and, and I was willingly like opening myself up for these entities to connect with me any way they wanted to. And there's a real danger in that. And I've had plenty of terrifying experiences with that. But um, like I I got into just regular Hatha vinyasa yoga. And then at some point I was introduced to um, 
kundalini yoga and kundalini is like it it's a world of its own mm-hmm. um the idea that you're doing these like mantras and these chants and like hand movements and you are to really disconnect even though you're you're physically doing things um you are to disconnect from your physical body and like burst into this next level of enlightenment while you're doing it like this ecstatic I would hit ecstasy many times during kundalini yoga. But the problem with that is, is when you are not in any kind of control of your physical body and you empty it, that leaves you an open vessel for anything around you, these entities. And they're not like, they don't have your best interest. They will manipulate you and they will lie to you and make you think that they have your interests your you know best interest in mind they really don't because they crave to have a physical body to be in and so i was dancing with these demons on a daily basis in my my kundalini practice and in my meditations and i felt like i was becoming this really um spiritually grounded person through these practices because i i could have really supernatural um experiences, what I was desiring was a state of bliss. What I was desiring was a state of complete disconnection of my physical and emotional body that was aching at the time. Like I, I, when I was first practicing Kundalini, I was in a deep, deep state of severe depression and panic disorder. I was actually on disability at the time. I could not even drive a car. Mm And I felt like this was the way I was going to heal myself. Um, I was on medications. I did not want to be on the medications, but I really felt like, um, oh gosh, I was also doing automatic writing through, I know you're not going to like this, the artist way. Um, no, and no. Yeah, I know. So, do you, Okay. Do you see the morning pages as automatic writing? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. Well, mm, let's be fair. It depends on how you do it, because the way I was taught, my friend who teaches the course, the way that I was taught was that you just mindlessly let your pen or pencil move across the page, right? And you're Mm. not in control of it. Um, If I were doing it in a very, um, you know, cognizant way of like all the things that are jumbling my mind right now that are giving me anxiety and I'm writing those down, that's different. Yeah, that is how I do it. And I also mm-hmm. talk to God. Okay. Yeah. Like, and, if you- I, and I don't like channel God, <laughs> right? Channel quote unquote God. I, I like, I actually do it as a prayer, especially when I do it these days. So- okay. And that's different. That's very different than what I was doing. I was doing actual automatic writing and I recently burnt that journal um, <laughs> because I, I went back and started reading that stuff. I'm like, that's not my handwriting. Whoa. That's, I don't remember having those thoughts. I don't remember having those feelings. I don't remember, I don't remember any of this. Right. And that's really scary. But the same thing with my meditations, like I would come out of a meditation where I'm like, I, I was blacked out. Mm. I had no recollection of what my body was doing. And I did that more times than I can even count. You know, what's really interesting. Well, first of all, I also went 
into quote unquote what we're calling the new age and all of these healing modalities and spiritual modalities to try and heal. Mm-hmm. That's also why, and I think that's why many or most people do because it's this promise of, okay, well, when you get to this either place of right. bliss or when you've processed all your trauma or when you whatever, when you, you know, finally become good at manifesting and only have positive thoughts, then you will be healed. Everything yeah. will be perfect. Um, but the other really interesting thing is you're talking about both the way that you would meditate and, um, and the Kundalini is that my, one of my only energy work teachers actually is the one who introduced me to the concept that it is incredibly dangerous to not be grounded in your body because that is when opportunistic energies can come into your body or attach to you. And what's weird is before that point, I was of the love and light belief. I was like, there's no, there's no, nothing is truly negative. It's all just, you know, your perception of it. And hell is just, you know, negative thoughts and whatever. And I remember saying to her, wait, well, what do you mean? There are, what do you mean? Opportunistic energies? What do you mean? Dark energies? So, you know, actually I think it was a good thing in my journey, a good, like lesson in my journey to start to believe that there was actually a dark and a light. And that shifted the way I looked at things that did eventually lead me to what I believe now. Um, I think there is this belief that we can protect ourselves. Right. And I think you you experienced that too, when that isn't actually. It's not, it's not true because um, I did learn that through. So through my journey, like through Kundalini and trying to heal myself that way, that's where I was led to like the law of attraction. Like this is like, (laughs) I don't know. I feel there's a a path that everybody walks on and and it's one thing. They're all connected. Yeah. I started with the law of attraction and that led me into all the other stuff, but they're all connected. They're all connected. And this idea that you are a little J God, you know, that you can save yourself, that you can provide for yourself, that you don't need anyone else, um, that the universe has your back and all this. It, it, it is, it's a big lie and it's orchestrated so that you don't rely on a higher power. And a, a lot of people walk around with this belief that the universe is somehow this interactive force that wants to bless you. And it, that is not that's not true at, at all. And I know people are going to be upset hearing this. Listen, I, and I want people to know, like I was, I really, I was a law of attraction coach, a manifestation coach for my clients and my energy healing. Um, I, I gave them affirmations and prayers and things to do. And so I, I'm not coming from like this super ultra, uh, born again, Christian point of view that everything's evil. And, and I, I, I walked that walk. Like that was my life. Right. I, I tried to have control of my thoughts. I really thought I could create my own reality. And, and the thing is we're not creating our reality. We're experiencing our reality, but you're not like, you're not creating it. And, and I really think I'm, 
Okay. So I have a podcast smashing idols and one of my, I think it's my second or third episode. I talk about the law of attraction and, and I really was starting to dismantle, um, that belief system that I had clung to for like 15 years and, and really see that I feel like these unseen entities, they're around us all the time and they're observing us and they want us to be little puppets for them. And the law of attraction is one of those ways that they want us over. Um, and for them, you know, us allowing them to be very active partakers in our day-to-day life. And I, I think we do exchanges with them in the law of attraction. You know, like I could sit there and say an affirmation of something that I want and somehow, you know, they can help push it into existence. Like I've, I've come across money, lying on the ground, like crazy amounts of money laying on the ground that shouldn't be there. Um, I've had tons of experiences, but my thing, I started wondering, am I signing like some kind of contract with these entities every time we have this exchange? You right. Know? And like, this I, is, yeah, yeah, I know. And, um, <laughs> right. And then I, I, in that episode, I really go into some of my law of attraction teachers and things that (laughs) you can't really hide it that some of these people have gone through really significant tragedies. And I'm thinking you're open about the tragedies that you're going through, but you're not going to acknowledge that maybe that was some kind of secret contract. You know, here you are making millions of dollars teaching how to use, um, this process and you write tons of books, but you're not going to talk about the fact that you have infertility or that you've experienced, you know, a loss of an infant. Like you're not going to talk about that and acknowledge that that might be part of that exchange. And I know that's hard. That's a hard thing to acknowledge, but that was something I had to acknowledge for myself mm. in order to loosen that grip yeah, on, that it had on my life. It's really, this is a lot. I'm thinking about this a lot. This like this idea or this reality that these practices, these healing practices, these spiritual practices, law of attraction, manifestation, it works. Like it does work. It works. There is power in the practices and one could look at it as there is power in these entities that allow them to work, right? That we are potentially making contracts with but that there is a price. Exactly. There's some kind of exchange for it. I mean, it's not for free. It's not just so that we live this life driving a fancy car and living in a, a fancy house and having our dream job and our dream partner. And now that it's, they don't care. Like these entities do. Sorry. <laughs> so fine. It's the mailman. It's going to happen for me too. So (laughs) she'll calm down in a second. Um, But yeah, it's, I just, I feel like, like we do need to acknowledge and um, like for me, the law of attraction thing led me to um, Louise Hay. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with Louise Hay? Okay. Oh yeah. and how you can heal your life and those affirmations. Like it, it's just this jumping off point that takes you from one thing to the next thing. And then I'm like, okay, well, I can manifest my perfect health. Cause at the time 
I've graduated to this point. That's exactly what I did. I was like, I am going to manifest my perfect health and my perfect life. I, I started this project in 2011. My life was so spiraled out of control in 2011. Like I had been laid off from my job that I had been with for nine years, a six figure salary down to, you know, being on unemployment and making $900 a a month. And, uh, but, but I had this aligned, um, financial, like my, my, I had prayed I actually had tried to manifest getting laid off. I mean, I have to be honest about that. And I I wanted to manifest getting paid to be off of work for two years because I was like such a mess. I had such terrible panic disorder from my job that I needed to heal from that. And then I was in this dysfunctional relationship, but that relationship allowed me to rent this house where my portion of the rent was only $400 a month. And my, my company gave me a severance package that essentially did pay me to be off work for two years. It it really did align. Right. But I was miserable. You know, I was accepting this relationship with this person that was emotionally not available, who had a child that was emotionally not available. And, and it was just a mess. So 2011, it just hit this boiling point where I'm just like, I can't live this life. I have to disassociate in order to accept this life. And that's not like, <laughs> that's not where I want to be. Right. You know? So I, I was introduced to Louise Hay and I started this 30 day project where I was blogging every day. I would, um, I went through her book, you can heal, heal your life. And I would look up like physical things I was experiencing, like the back pain and that and hip pain and things like that. And I wrote down the affirmation that went with that ailment. And I folded up in a, you know, piece of paper, I put it in a box. I had like 40 of them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) these affirmations. (laughs) And every day I would pull one out and that would be my affirmation for the day. I would carry it in my pocket. I would do activities that supported it. Cause I'm like, this is how I'm going to heal my life. And at the same time, that's when I was introduced to the energy healing. I mean, that is in a way like a, a form of energy healing through Louise right. Hay. But then also at the very same time, a family member had introduced me to this book called the emotion code. Oh yeah. And, I've read yeah. That. Mm-hmm. And I ate that up. Like I could not put that book down and I, I was already practicing the energy healing modality before I even like finished the book and understood (laughs) how, but they do teach you, like you said, um, they teach you that it's really important to ground yourself and to say your prayer. And, and it's interesting because in the book, it says, you know, you should say a prayer before you do this. You should pray to God, but we understand if you don't believe in God, you don't have to believe in God. And, uh, like when you're casting out demons, you have to cast them out in Jesus's name, but you don't have to believe in Jesus. That wasn't emotion code, right? That was. was. Oh, really? Yeah. Emotion code. And then they have like the body code also, which is, these are expensive modalities to get your hands on. Um, yeah. In both of those systems, actually, so did you train as a practitioner in the emotion code or was that in the book? I, okay. So that was in the book. Um, but I did become a certified practitioner. 
Wow. Okay. So, you know what, this is making me realize that I never really read the emotion code book. I just like, (laughs) I like got the point. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I just want to know how it works. Right. I I did other, you know, energy work modalities. And I was like, I just want to know like the ins and outs of how this works. So I like skimmed it. Right. And I did the same thing because I was so desperate. Like I was in such a desperate state of, I need to not have this be my life. Um, that I, I did the same thing, but I did force myself to go back and, and read the entire book because there are warnings in there that, um, you know, if you skim over, you're, you're going to miss that. And there were things, you know, about like muscle testing that I didn't quite understand. Um, and muscle testing, I'm going to be super honest. Like I had to, I muscle tested for everything. Like I read this book in 2011 Mm -hmm. and practiced it until, uh, 2021. I became, um, a certified healer through them, through that network in 2018. And, um, I went into massive debt, like learning all of these different modalities and thinking that I could manifest my way back to wealth and paying off. Mm, no, that's like such a thing in the spiritual business world. It's like, if, if you don't, if you're not willing to invest and really take the leap, Mm-hmm. like paying thousands and thousands of dollars, then how are you ever going to make money? Cause you don't exactly. trust the universe. <laughs> right. Exactly. And they, Oh man, what a lie. Like I, I really want to warn people to please, please. And I was a great manifester. Like I, I, I had people around me that would just tell me all the time. I don't understand how you make it look so easy to manifest these things, but inside I was dying. I was, mm. I thought I was doing everything I could to spiritually evolve and you, you really can't like, you can't disconnect from the physical. You, you, that's disassociation. And that right. Is, right. That's an illness. So, and that is what a lot of these modalities teach you is that this physical world is evil. And the only way that we're ever going to survive as a species and evolve is to evolve outside of the physical and live in just a spiritual realm, but that you you can't, No. how are you going to pay your bills? Are you just going to go live in a cave somewhere? And, and even then, like, you still need to eat, you still need, (laughs) right. And this is something that I like, it's interesting to think like, okay, I, this was something that I came to understand you know, around the fuck a day time, deep, deep, deep in my own new age and energy work time. Like I had a realization of, oh, a lot of these modalities are trying to bypass quote unquote spiritual bypass or mm-hmm. bypass the physical. And that is such a huge problem for me. So I had like a little bit of healing there, but I just didn't see the big picture for such a long time. Yeah. See, and I really bought into that whole, um, I don't need this physical body, but I mean, that's the great lie is that you don't need your physical body because these entities want your physical Mm -hmm. body. They want you to live. Yeah. And I became so, I was so hungry, like so starved. I, I was spiritually anorexic. I, there's no other way to, to describe. Um, and, and it was just, starting to binge on anything I could to try to satiate that starvation that I had. And I, I really thought, um, that is such a lie in, in 
the new age spiritualism is that you can actually reach everything. It's like chasing a balloon, like a deflated balloon. And every time you get close to it, you kick it further away and you can't ever get really get your hands on it. Um, you're just chasing this. And I would have breakthroughs through my Kundalini. I would have breakthroughs through my um, manifestations, through my um, affirmations. I, I had real blissful healing moments in emotion code, um, but it, it never, I did emotion code for a, a decade and I never got to the point where I didn't have trapped emotions in my body. Right. Right. It's it's just, it's just always there. And so I thought, okay, well, I need a different modality. So I bought the body code, which is like an extension and it's deeper. Um, and I started learning things about like courting and about, uh, demonic possession and oppression and all these different things. I'm like, yes, this is the thing. And, um, you know, and it, there, it just never ends. So then that wasn't enough. So I started learning shamanism mm-hmm. and I started learning, um, I started creating my own modality of healing of this intuitive type of thing. Like I would have codes that would download for me in my meditations and I would use them with my clients and, um, I would use crystals. I, oh my gosh, I, I have the craziest, most vivid dreams. And that's where a lot of my interactions with the entities would happen would be in a dream state. And they would deliver me. They would say, okay, this is the crystal that you need. And it's sitting on this shelf at this crystal shop downtown. And this is how you're going to use it. And this is the prayer you're going to say over it to invoke the spirit inside it. And that spirit's going to be your spirit guide. And it's going to help you to um, do like psychic surgery on your clients. And I mean, it's crazy. And then you would find that you would find that actual thing. The like actual, they were I walk, I okay, Misty, in. this yes. is the kind of stuff that I want to hear. This is the kind of stuff, <laughs> but seriously, this is the kind of stuff like that people crave hearing. Cause they're like, Whoa, okay. So this stuff is real. Like Misty I, wasn't just like wishful thinking that she was doing like this. She was being contacted legit yes. by yes. these entities and how enticing that is, how special you feel, special, how I real know. <laughs> it feels and how real it is. And like this, in my opinion, like not like your testimony is powerful no matter what, but like this level of how involved you were and how real it is, I think is so helpful and like fascinating for people to hear because it puts it on a whole new level. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I have all of my crystals still, I, I piled them all together in a box and latched it closed, but I, I do have that crystal. It was an Amazonite. I didn't even know what the hell Amazonite was. Like they told me the name of it and they showed me what it looked like. I had no idea. And I walk in like two days later, I walk into the crystal shop here in town and that stone, that rock was sitting there on a shelf right when I walked in the door, right where they told me it would be. Right. It was, and I'm thinking, is this real? Like, am I just imagining that that's what it looked like. Am I remembering it wrong? But they specifically said Amazonite. And I didn't, I didn't know, like, I didn't really know that much about crystals. And they told me like, 
look, you're going to hold this in your hand and this is what it's going to feel like. And it's going to feel like a, a rush of love through your whole body. And you're going to feel giddy. And it, the, the purpose of this stone in your life is to give you that childlike wonder um, wow. you know, and, and every time you hold it, this is the feeling that you're going to, it's just going to renew this feeling of like that. I, when I was a child, I would lay on the grass and stare up at the, the night sky and watch. And I, I could see the luminary, like I could see angels <laughs> as a child and I w- would watch them in the sky and they, it, these entities in my dream about this Amazonite said, when you hold this stone, you're going to remember that feeling every time you hold it. And then this is how you're going to use it for your clients. And this is how you're going to heal your clients with it. And it wasn't just that, like they taught me how to use, um, selenite. Like they, they appeared to me in my dream one night as these light beings, there were five of them standing in front of me in this really dark, like wilderness area. And they looked like pillars of, of selenite crystal, and they were speaking to me and they were showing me what selenite does. And especially if you have a grid of selenite, like rods and how you could use them to draw in tachyon energy. I'm like, I don't even know what tachyon is. Oh and it's a real, it's a real like zero point energy thing that shamanists, shamans use. I mean, it, it was crazy. They showed me, um, they took one night in my dream, they took me into an operation like an operating room. And there was a patient laying on the table, fully clothed. And they gave me, um, a Vogel crystal and they showed me exactly how to hold it facing me and facing the client and how to do psychic surgery to remove cancer from their body. I mean, and these were things like, I was so desiring. I had quit my corporate job to become an energy healer. I didn't even like, I'm, I'm married and I I didn't even ask my husband. I told him, I said, look, I put in my two week notice. I already, you know, am certified. And, um, I didn't tell him how much money I charged on my credit card (laughs) for all this, this stuff, which is bad. Like that's, you shouldn't keep secrets from your, from your spouse like that. Um, but he's Catholic. So I'm like, he's not going to understand any of this stuff. So I, I have to keep a separate life from, (laughs) from his Catholic beliefs. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they really, these entities really knew, they knew my number, like they knew how to entice me. They knew all the things that I desired, all the things I was, I was so vulnerable. And that's the scary thing is, um, the more vulnerable and desperate we get, the easier we are to manipulate. And not even just like the, the entities are bad enough, but even just the outside world, you know, you think about cults, how people fall into a cult. Right. And it is that vulnerability and And that desperation. desperation. Yes, exactly. But what's so just so fascinating by you kind of going into how specific and real this contact was from these beings who were deceiving you. Like that's the thing in the moment, anyone who has desired that or anyone who's experiencing that would think, wow, how special am I? I am so close to God. That's what it feels like, right? I'm so (laughs) close to the spirit world and God. I am important. I am being shown such important work. That's going to change the world. Of course, 
like, of course, people start to worship these other entities, right? If this is the kind of interaction that they're having, and this is the kind of experience that they're having, and they're getting this power, they're getting this knowledge, and they're getting, like we said, results to start without the understanding of the spiritual payment or the, yeah you know, the, the, what, yeah, the payment, the, whatever the fallout is, the the debt, the spiritual debt that you go into with, with these, these beings. Because I think there will be people listening to this who don't have the full context, who don't like, maybe haven't heard your whole story. Haven't heard my whole story. I won't, I I think my story isn't finished, but (laughs) whatever (laughs) version of my story I've shared and we'll think, well, what's so bad about this? Like, are you sure it was bad? Like, sounds pretty good to me you know it does until and until i start disclosing things that have happened to me during meditation um am i allowed to say like people's specific names you can say whatever you can say whatever <laughs> okay you want. Yeah. so dr joe dispenza if i could warn people about dr joe dispenza he is so dangerous um again i was really really into this kind of stuff um there was a group that i had joined in in 2019 it was like a goddess circle um called athena rising it was like all women who were trying to grow spiritually together and um when we went into the lockdown in 2020 one of them had just before the lockdown she had gone to like a seven-day retreat with dr joe dr joe dispenza and she came back just with she was the lady that owned this business by the way the the healing circle business. And so she, she was so impassioned about everything that she learned. And so she started teaching, um, his meditations. And so when we went into the lockdown, then she was trying to find a way to still run her business via zoom. And she invited people to, you know, attend her meditations while she was playing Dr. Joe Dispenza for us. And we would do this meditation together. And what I think happens, I know that in meditation and and people will argue and they'll say, well, you're doing it wrong. Or I never, people say this all the time. I never had that experience. So you're, you're not, you know, this isn't valid. Your argument's not valid because I haven't experienced that. Um, Well, you do it long enough. You probably will experience it or you have experienced it and you're in denial or they did to you what they did to me and they made me black out and not know. Right. So I was doing this meditation. It was a chakra meditation and, um, you know, it, they work the way up the seven chakras starting at the root. So we did the root and then, um, the sacral chakra, by the time we got to the third chakra, which is your solar plexus, which is like your power, your, your willpower. Um, that's when I blacked out completely mm-hmm. blacked out. And then got to the heart chakra, I'm still completely blacked out. And then to the throat chakra, I woke up. This is not the first time I've had or first and only time I had that experience with those same chakras during a meditation. I've, I've had it happen during like sound bowl meditations and and things like that. Um, but this was the scariest because when I woke up, I knew that there was something inside me. Like I knew, something was wrong. And it was maybe two nights later. It was a couple of nights later. Um, I had a night terror and paralysis and I was laying in my bed completely dark. Um, I could see my bedroom door swing open and I could see this dark entity standing in the doorway, like getting ready to cross over the threshold. 
And I could feel this ominous, scary, like he was coming to take me. He was coming to take my soul. Mm -hmm. And I knew it. And I was just in this terror and I'm laying on my back and I am pinned to my bed and I cannot move. I'm paralyzed and I can't speak. I can't do anything. And I know once he crosses that threshold, it's over. And I'm trying, I'm fighting so hard to move and to say something while my husband's laying in the, you know, sleeping next to me. And I am trying so hard just to will myself, even just to make a sound, just to, I, I don't know, disrupt the energy, I guess, mm-hmm. um, or to scare it away or to let it know that I, I'm, I'm not going to allow this. And at some point I was able to mumble and it sounded like to me just gargled, you know, like if, if you had a fist in your mouth and you're right. trying to talk, that's what it sounded like. And the next thing I know, um, it was gone. My door was open. My bedroom door was swung wide open. Oh my gosh. And we usually sleep with it like cracked and my husband shaking me and he's like, wake up, wake up. Are you okay? And, and all of a sudden I could talk and I could move. And he goes, you just told me you were going to kill me. I said that that wasn't me. He goes, it came from your mouth. And I said, it, it wasn't me. Like it was that entity in the door that was coming to kill me. So, so because he said it came from your mouth, that is another indication of this, like the fact that the entity that you were seeing in the door was, was inside of you. Right. right? And it said, I'm going to kill you. And, but like it, like I said, it came out of my mouth. And so Mm -hmm. therefore my husband thought I was saying it to him. Oh my God. I mean, how terrifying, right? It's so scary. Yeah. So that was like April of 2020. And then, you know, I'm, I'm still practicing at this point, um, energy healing and all, all of my work I did was, well, most of it was remote work over the phone. Um, I didn't even have to be on the phone with the person. They just had to give me permission to have access to their subconscious to work on them. Um, and then I would just send them an, an email with a recap of what I cleared from them. But, um, in June of 2021, I started working with this group of these three 15 year old girls that were friends together and I would do group sessions on them. And they, they were coming into the realization that they were psychic, the three of them, and they wanted to build up their psychic powers. I'm like, yeah, I could help you with that. And, um, they were, they were engaging in a lot of witchcraft and occult type things. They would go to graveyards and, um, try to summon the spirits in the graveyards and cemeteries and, and I, I got this feeling like one of them was really powerful and I got this feeling that she was going to be one that could be overtaken very easily with possession. And I kept warning her and warning her. And every time I would warn her, I would get some kind of attack. Um, and the very last time I worked with them, this was one of the reasons I actually had to quit doing energy, energy work even before I realized what I was doing was divination and an abomination. But, um, so their spirit guides would speak to me and sometimes through me Hmm. when I was working in sessions with them. And, um, 
yeah. And I would channel those types of things and I loved it. Cause I, again, I felt special right? and right. I felt like this was a God given gift and I would have to honor God by, you know, <laughs> practicing the gift he gave me. Right. Um, but after I did this one, I, I had to clear a bunch of demons from the three girls on this one particular session. But the very next day I went out to go for my regular morning walk and, um, came up to an intersection and the light, the direction I wanted to go was red, but I lost control of my body and I could feel something take a hold of my wrist and drag me into the street, into oncoming traffic. Mm. And I didn't have control over anything. And I see this truck coming at me and I couldn't stop. And I don't know what happened. Something snapped me out of it. And all of a sudden I was able to like, whatever it was, let go. And I was able to have control of my body again. And I kind of put my hand up to the truck that was coming at me and he stopped and I was able to step back onto the sidewalk. And the guy and I are, you know, the guy in the truck and I are making eye contact and we're both kind of like, he saw this happen, you know, and he's probably thinking, what is this woman doing? Right. And I'm almost thinking he could see the thing that was dragging me out there because he was stupefied. He's just looking at me like, right. Right. And it, as and opposed that, to being angry, like, I feel like the, the most common, you know, reaction would be like, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, no, shock. he was compassionate. He yeah. was very compassionate, like almost like he was going to get out of the truck and ask me if I was okay. Or maybe it looked like you were like on a suicide mission or something. I, it could, like, it could have been, but, right. but that's an excellent point because that's what I was thinking was this, you know, here I'm thinking I'm, I'm engaging with these benevolent beings that are, um, our spirit guides and our spirit guides want the best for us. Right. But why would you drag me out in the middle of traffic and try to kill me right. or try to have it look like <laughs> I, I was trying to harm myself. And that was such a, that was, um, maybe two months before I had my conversion on my yoga mat. So like when you were saying like there, there were probably a string of things that happened to me that brought me to that moment on my yoga mat there. Absolutely. To to realizing that something was very wrong, basically. Very, yeah, very wrong. And, um, and at that same time, like I was grieving the loss of my previous dog that had passed away that March. And I was in, again, this desperate state of, I, w- I was going and buying all these crystals. I bought like, um, oh my goodness. Oh, I forget the alien, um, green. <laughs> crystal. I can't <laughs> even think of it right now. It was super popular. Um, Moldavite. Like it was supposed to, when you wear it, you're supposed to heighten your psychic powers or Doesn't even draw. sound like Voldemort to you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know that's, I, and sometimes I go to say that. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> There's something very evil, even in the name of this. <laughs> yeah. And it, so I'm like desperately having uh, all of these, just this, this sheer desperation. And to the point where I was planning a trip to Peru with a friend of mine to do ayahuasca and, um, I've never even smoked pot in my life. <laughs> I've never done drugs. And I I ordered um, psychedelic mushrooms. I was going to start microdosing because I, I just, I'm like, I'm, I'm so bored. Like I'm so bored with where I am spiritually. I shouldn't be bored, but right. I am. And right. 
this world is insane and it doesn't make sense to me. And I feel like if I could just get deeper into a spiritual state and stay there as long as I can, the world will make more sense to me. And the thing is, it won't. Right. And that's how they market mushrooms too. Right. They're like, you will finally understand God if you take these mushrooms. Right. And you'll see, like you'll see into the spirit world and, you know, and the way that I, and I did, I wanted to understand God and I wanted to, um, I wanted him to be proud of me. And I, right. I wanted to feel that I wanted to feel accepted by him and loved by him. And I wanted to, I wanted to do everything I could to honor him. And I thought I was like, for me, I I realized that that desire that I had, it wasn't because being a human is such a miserable, it can be a miserable experience. It doesn't have to be a miserable experience. But the thing is that I cut myself off from God. Right. So many times. And I've denied him so many times and I've rebelled against him um, knowingly. And every time I do that, I put a new block and a new obstacle between him and I, and I feel so, I feel that distance and it's lonely. It's really lonely, but we, we, we just go about it the wrong way of trying to have that connection. And, um, you know, and, and I know Christianity is so offensive to so many people because true Christians believe that that way to God is through Jesus Christ. Right. And when you say that, that's such a definitive thing that it cuts off every other religion in the world. And I, I really see how that is offensive. I'm even grappling with that. Like I'm right. grappling with, you know, based on what my beliefs are before, what I wanted my beliefs to be, how open I wanted to be, how, you know, how it feels so good to be like, you do whatever you want. And I feel that way still, like you can't force anyone to do anything or believe anything. Um, but it's hard. It's a really, it's, it's not, it's not, um, it doesn't go over well. (laughs) It doesn't. And And it didn't go over well to me. Like I get it. That's (laughs) the other thing. Like I understand. Um, I totally understand. And actually I want to get into all, like, I want to talk about the ch- I, I, I'm very interested in the difference between how it was before and how it is now. But before we do that, mm-hmm. I want to ask just some questions that I think other people will be curious about based on what you went through before this happened. Okay. Um, when you talked about like when you would, when you would talk to those girls and you would try and give them advice, essentially protecting them in a way that you felt you, you said that you would experience an attack. What, how would that manifest? I would feel anxious, nervous, um, heart palpitations. Mm-hmm. Um, I would start to doubt myself. That was a big thing. Like, right. you know, right. Oh, maybe I'm a fraud. Maybe right. I'm just making this up. Maybe I'm not actually channeling. Maybe these are my own thoughts. Maybe, um, all of this is, is a farce and I'm cheating people out of money. And, um, that was a really big thing. And, and then when I would like acknowledge that and ask that question of, is this my thought or not my thought? And it would reveal to me, no, that's not your thought. That's an entity. I Mm -hmm. I would release Mm -hmm. myself from it. Mm -hmm. Um, there were, I would have nightmares, like really, oh man, really awful like violent nightmares. Um, sometimes in my dreams, 
they would be like murdering my loved ones right in front of me, or they would set up a situation where like, let's, this is a crazy dream. I was in an old house of mine, um, my childhood home. And there are three people in the room and there's a gun on the counter. And in order for you to escape, you have to grab the gun and you have to kill the other two people. Otherwise they were going to kill you. And they were my loved ones, mm, like my, my husband and, you know, another family member. And, and yeah, I, I wouldn't normally have nightmares, but after working with these girls and trying to guide them I, and, you know, and tell them you really shouldn't be doing the things you're doing. Yeah. It just, right. So it's like once you start, and this is what I've heard multiple times with, with a lot of different people who have similar like ex new age stories that it's like, well, when you were doing everything they wanted, these entities wanted things would go well for you. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you started disobeying, so to speak, or, you know, see like sowing doubt in other people um, you, they would turn on you essentially and, yeah. to, and torture you in whatever way. Yeah. Cause it, it got to the point where like, it, it felt like to those entities, it wasn't enough that I was opening myself up and letting myself be a total playground for them. Anything they wanted, I was open to it. Um, uh, because I felt like that's how I would spiritually evolve that, that got to be not enough for them. They wanted me to convince my clients that my clients right. had to open themselves up. Right. And, and it's interesting how that happened because I got recruited in November of 2019. I got recruited into this Facebook group. I don't even know how, how they found me, but I was invited into this group and it was um, the guy that led it was some kind of spiritual healer making up his own modality. And he was training us how to practice the things that he was learning and, um, a lot of things changed for me in, in that class <laughs> and that whole initiation. Like I, I look back and I remember the person that was leading the class or the group or whatever. And he was saying that, um, he, his best friend didn't exist in the physical realm. He was only in the spiritual realm. Oh. And he was, he was this, um, Egyptian God called Thoth or Toth. My best friend is an Egyptian uh, God. Yeah, I know. And he's like, he, he gives me all of this power and all of this knowledge. And we were eating it up and, uh, we felt again, we felt so special because it was a very exclusive club and he right. only allowed, at one point it was 80 people and then he whittled it down to 40 people. And then he, he was manipulating the heck out of us because he was telling us he meditates like six to eight hours a day. That's where he gets all these codes. Wow. And, um, and then he would say things like, oh, there is one person in this group that is in a, mar you're married to the wrong partner yes. and you need to leave that person immediately because you cannot spiritually evolve. Um, you won't be part of this next level oh spiritual evolvement, like the whole, um, oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it was so crazy. And then, so everybody's wondering if it's them. Cause he didn't name the person. He's like, That's I know horrible, right? That's I, horrible. Yeah. And he's like, I know who this person is because their picture was shown to me, but I can't disclose it to you. And so there were, and it, mostly it was women that were like, oh my gosh, it's me. I know it's me. And oh my, it was so, the manipulation was so intense, but 
at the time I couldn't see it because again, it's this exclusive group and I didn't want to do anything that got me kicked out of this group. And it really started, um, me onto this path of opening myself up more and more to these entities. And then through this modality that this person had taught us that nobody else knew about, um, you know, you had to be in this group in order to have access to this modality. Even if you were kicked out of the group and you, you weren't allowed to remember the codes, these light codes that were given to you. It was so crazy. And if you practice those light codes, once you were kicked out of the group, you would be cursed and you'd be cursing the people you were. Oh gosh. It was so manipulative. And, um, and it, it took me probably about six months after leaving that group, the group dissolved. Um, but it took about six months for me to really recognize the manipulation that was going on with that group and then start to recognize the manipulation that I had been experiencing in every single group I had ever been a part of. And And wasn't that, sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Didn't it dissolve? I I feel like you told the story on your podcast. It dissolved because he just ended it, right? He just ended it. He just, one morning, it was um, the day before Super Bowl, February, 2020. He sent out a group message uh, saying that he was going to be disabling that, um, the Facebook group that day, everybody was freaking out. We were all trying to scramble and take screenshots of everything Gosh. that was on the page, as screenshots of each other's names so that we could build our own group. It was this massive panic. And, um, and yeah, and then by the end of the day, the group was gone. And here's a really wild thing is that my parents were here visiting from Utah that weekend. And my dad had had like tennis elbow that he could not, he tried everything and he's an energy healer. And, um, your dad is an energy healer. He's certified in emotion code and body code. So is my mother. And I have an aunt that is certified in many modalities. Yeah. It, it's a family affair. Wait, so were they into this before you were, or did you get them into Um, the emotion code? They, okay. So here's the crazy thing in 2018, I I, I had been a manager for Starbucks and I was so burnt out. I stepped down to just a part-time barista. I was working an afternoon shift and this lady comes in that I knew from one of the wineries local, um, that I used to go to years ago. And we started chatting and I was telling her like how burnt out I was. And she goes, Oh, you need energy healing. I'm like, yeah, somebody needs to heal my energy for sure. She's like, no, 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 <laughs> you know, like you need, you need an energy healer. I go, yeah, no, I, I, I know like just fix it. Just snap your fingers and fix it. And she goes, no, 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 no. Like you don't understand what I'm saying. So she gave me this lady's card and she's an emotion code practitioner. And I never, I didn't oh, even, and you'd the, already read the book, right? I had already read the book, but I passed over the part at the end of the book where it said you could become a certified healer. I didn't know that was a thing until this lady gave me a card to a woman here where I live that practiced it. So I reached out to her. I went and had one session with her. Cause at the time I was dealing with, um, infertility and what, there is no more desperate person on the face of a planet than a woman that wants a baby and can't have mm-hmm. a baby. <laughs> and I am so compassionate to anyone who has ever gone through that, but it, it became my life's work to become a mom at any, any cost. And so I figured this is the way to do it. So I went 
to that practitioner. I paid for an hour long session. Um, she fixed it. She quote fixed everything in like 15 minutes. And then she's kind of like, well, there's nothing else I can do for you for body code or emotion code. So let's just do a Reiki session. And, um, and then I told my mom about that and my mom, my mom started looking into it and then found that there was a seminar going on in Vegas, like in the next month or something. So she and my aunt went to this seminar. And then the next thing I know, my mom's getting certified. My dad's getting certified. Um, that must've been 2017 because it took me until the following year for me to decide to get certified. And so it just started this whole ball rolling and yeah, it was kind of crazy how that all happened. So, so yeah, so my dad got certified in both emotion code and body code, and he had this pain he could not get rid of. And he'd even gone to the doctor and nobody could figure out what the pain was. And so they were visiting that weekend, the weekend that this group was dissolving. And I just put my hands on the spot and I visualized something and I ran like a healing key code that I had learned the week before. And it was, it was gone. Like it was gone instantly and it never came back. But my dad was so shocked. He's, he, you know, he had been a certified healer for two years now but he was so amazed by that, that he became desperate to be part of this group, this healing Whoa. group. And it was probably an hour after we had this incident that I received that message that that group was dissolving. And my dad went into like this meltdown of like, no, oh I God. need to learn this. And this yeah. is, this is so interesting because it's also putting into context, like you, you were spreading this um, you know, to people in your family, right. You were like, yeah, you re-reminded them. And it was this thing that was growing, right. Kind of like what we were saying when you kind of stopped what they, what they, sorry, I'm not being very articulate. What (laughs) the entities wanted was for you to continue to share this and kind of turn more people onto this. Yeah. It's like a pyramid scheme, right? It's a pyramid scheme. They want you pyramid scheme run by demons, right? (laughs) They want you exactly. And that's what, that is what I, I, I came to that realization with the law of attraction and, um, hold on a second. I think, sorry, no problem is can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Okay. My microphone timed out or something. That was weird. Yeah. I don't know. Um, okay. So they don't want me to talk about the pyramid scheme. Oh my gosh. This is, this is funny because this is exactly what it is. I know. I can't tell you how many times something like this happens when I'm talking about this kind of thing, but, um, I came to that realization with, um, the law of attraction that it really is like, like a pyramid scheme and they want you to recruit more people. And, you know, if you happen to be powerful enough, like Oprah on the very top of the mm. pyramid, then you can be a multimillionaire mm-hmm. because you are drawing in millions of people into this scheme. But if you're on that bottom of, of the pyramid, there's no profit for you. You know, you're just right. purely in debt to them until you can recruit enough people underneath you to push this pyramid back up. I mean, that's how I see it. It's so interesting because, and and like someone else said this recently, like they, they know that if they want to get your allegiance, whether you realize it or not, they have to make it really enticing. And they Mm -hmm. do. 
Oh, they do. And, and they have to give you stuff in the beginning. That's, that's yeah. how cults work too. It has to work in the beginning. Oh yeah. And like, they have to fulfill whatever like little promises. So when I first heard about the law of attraction was on Oprah and you know, they're promoting the secret and right. yep. It, <laughs> 2006 it, baby. Right. And it only took <laughs> me it, it right. I know. I was just reading in your book, how, how you had the book and the documentary. And I, I, I have the entire documentary, um, memorized, but <laughs> I watched it so many times, but, um, when it only took, it took me less than two weeks to manifest something, something that would help me believe. And it was a $50 bill and how random is a $50 bill? Like nobody, I don't know anyone who walks around with a $50 bill, but, um, I found it in a parking lot. And you had said you had like, you were trying to specifically manifest a $50, a $50 bill. bill. Cause yeah. I'm like, if it's a $20 bill, that's easy. Right. But a $50 bill. Nobody walks around with a right. $50 bill, but right. you know what? I was excited, but I immediately felt guilty. Cause I'm like, the only people that walk around with fifties and hundreds are old people. Yeah. Like there was an old man that went to his bank this morning and withdrew a $50 bill. So he could go inside home Depot and buy you know, something to fix his toilet or, and then I just robbed him of it. And <laughs> right. Like with your manifestation, with my manifestation. Well, that was always the interesting question. Like, well, what if everyone in the world is trying to manifest the thing that only, ex that only three exist of, you know, or, okay. Or the weather. I mean, come on. Right. Like if I want it to be a nice sunshiny day, but somebody wants it to rain, who wins? Right. <laughs> the person powerful. who who the demons like better exactly <laughs> the one who's who is the most loyal to to the demonic realm and hey some most of the time that's me <laughs> I want to ask you about well I want to circle back to Jesus in the emotion code because I okay. didn't realize it was in the emotion code but that was a that is a very very interesting piece of all of this um the protective power of Jesus that other people who are not even, who don't even quote unquote, follow Jesus acknowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, that is something that's really mind blowing to me in the, the whole like energy healing space is that the vast majority of people that I know that practice different modalities know that when you encounter an entity um, like a, a, a demon, the only thing that they fear is the name of Jesus Christ. And that, that should be a powerful Testament that shook me when I learned it, but it didn't because I, because it even said in the book, like, you don't necessarily have to believe this, but the problem is this is what I encountered, especially working with those teenage girls is I would use the name of Jesus and I would feel pretty convicted sometimes when I'd say it, but when I was working with those girls, I was uncomfortable saying it because those girls cringed. I could feel them cringe when I would say his name and I would explain to them, I, this is the only way I could get rid of your demons. So we have to do it. Let's just cringe through it. Um, the, those demons start to know that you don't believe in it and it starts to lose its power and they, they stop responding to it. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's, I mean, you would just think that if people know that there's power in his name, there's gotta be power in his deity. Right. <laughs> it's right. Just, and it, if it's the only thing that scares demons, 
there's got to be some truth in there. And why aren't we accepting that? Instead, we're rejecting it because it's such a, a definitive line to say, yes, Jesus is God in flesh. Jesus is the doorway. He is the truth, the way, the life. He is the only way into heaven. It's such a definitive thing. And people, when you accept that, then you have to start accepting that you are sinful and nobody, that's an uncomfortable place. And when you, when you accept it, you have to make a change. And when you make a change, then you start offending people because then you have to, by accepting your sin, you're shining a spotlight on everyone else's sin. And it, it is, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, well, it's interesting on here. My dog goes growling. Um, <laughs> it's interesting that the, that the demons are afraid of the name and, uh, most uh, many, many people are too. Right. Where they just cringe. Right. I mean, that was me. It's a physical and emotional reaction that people have to it. And that, that should really show us the power in it. When you were doing those um, sessions, how, this is maybe an impossible question to answer, but how did you know, like, how did you know, like, oh, these people have demons that I have to cast out? Um, it started out, I had to muscle test it and just ask and get a yes or a no in my muscle testing. Um, but I got to the point where I didn't need to muscle test anything anymore because mm. I could see it or I could feel it. I, I became Claire sentient, sentient, Claire audience, clairvoyant, Claire, all the Claire's, all the Claire's hung out with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I could smell like I could, it was weird. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Really, really, really weird. I could smell colors if that makes sense. It's and so did that weird. all go away? Yes. I, I prayed for it to go away. I, that day on my yoga mat, when I had my <laughs> incident, um, I, I begged, I was on my knees crying and I said, God, if these gifts that I have been working on and um, trying to master if they are not from you and if they are not a tool for me to use to um, honor you please remove them and they were they were gone all of it was gone wow that is it it was a relief maybe a good way to end this is to just kind of give a little overview of what your life and your, and your spirituality was like before and what's it like now. So like a, just a direct contrast. Yeah. So before it was just like a constant state of seeking because I was so wildly unsatisfied with everything. And I, I would have little breakthrough moments of satisfaction that never lasted very long. And I was seeking and chasing this high of learning the new thing and 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 thinking that it was like this um climbing a ladder to ascension kind of thing and eventually i would hit this pinnacle but what happens when you hit that when you hit as high as it's going to get do you stay there you can't stay there because we live in a physical world that just doesn't support what this idea of ascending into a spiritual um, spiritually elevated being. It just, we just don't live in that world. And so when I let go of that, I felt so complete. Like there was just this, um, just this, like, there's nothing else for me to seek. 
and I'm not chasing anything. All I want to do now is, is continue to have a relationship with God through Jesus, with the Holy spirit guiding me. And, um, and that it just fulfills me. Like there's, there's nothing else. I don't I think that's beautiful. I think that's great. I think that that's, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of people who may be listening and thinking, yeah, maybe, maybe that would be better or maybe. Yeah. And, and there is a lot of, um, there's a lot we can learn from people's testimonies. And I I did a two-part series on my podcast with people sharing their testimonies and every one of them is so different. And I love that because I think we, we live in a place where we compare ourselves to other people. And so if you only hear one person's story, you're going to continue to compare your story to them. And you're going to be like, well, it didn't happen for me like that. So I'm doing it wrong. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. There's nothing that you really have to do except for accept, you know, accept this. But, um, I found, I really wanted to do that project because i I thought that it would be a way to really showcase that everybody's story is different. Everybody's story is custom made and tailored for them by God. Cause he knows this is how you need to walk this walk and how you need to get her. And, and it was just inspiring. Um, and hearing, Oh, all the things that people overcame like prostitution, drug addiction, um, suicidal thoughts, um, Oh gosh, there's so many stories and, and God helped each of these people out of each of these situations in such a beautiful, unique way. And I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it's inspiring when I and love it takes, those episodes. I yeah, love it, those episodes. It takes a lot of courage for people to open up and share the vulnerabilities and, and even some of the sin like, Hey, I need to fess up that this is the sinful life I lived. And here's the contrast. Alrighty. That is where I will leave it for today. Um, if you are craving more of that conversation, I have almost an hour's worth of audio that I took from this conversation. Some of it was interspersed in the conversation you already listened to. In fact, most of it was, um, and I have put it behind the paywall and you can access it if you become a paid subscriber of Problematic, my Substack. It's also the best way to support this podcast. This uh this Substack and podcast is my uh only project right now while I try and figure out my third book and if I'm even going to write a third book. Um I hope I do, but I have to figure it out and make sure I'm not a crazy person first. <laughs> Just kidding. I am a crazy person. Um, yeah. So if you're already a paid subscriber, it will show up in your paid subscriber feed. You can also listen to it on Substack. Um, if you are not a paid subscriber and you would like to become one, either to support this podcast or to support me or to listen to the bonus audio. It is $7 a month. You can cancel anytime. Um, And I will give all the links to help you find everything you need to find, including Misty Mazurka um, and her podcast and her Instagram um, in the show notes of this episode. And before this audio ends, I'm just going to share a tiny, tiny little teaser of the bonus audio Um, And then I will talk to you next time. Bye. 
I mean, I have to say it's very aesthetically pleasing. It's yeah. very like the whole apothecary vibe. Like yes. that's, that's much cooler to me than whatever, like the idea of the Bible and like, you know, church basements bring up, you know, <laughs> right. like the, it's very, very, very appealing. And it, there's so much in the culture that makes it seem like it is the better, kinder, more open-minded, more, um, you know, just the, the evolved, right. The evolved religion, right. That we're like reclaiming something from ancient times. I mean, I, I bought it all. It it sounds wonderful. It really does. But when you think about ancient times, um, really don't talk about the child sacrifices, do they? No, they don't. No, they don't. Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, throwing your, your newborn child into a volcano to, to feed the fertility goddess. No, they don't talk about that stuff.